Welcome to Love This Food Thing podcast. I'm Gemma. This is the place where we explore our relationship with food, be it friend or foe, and how this affects our behavior. Here's today's episode. Welcome back to Love This Food Thing podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Steve Brenner. Steve is a nutritionist and owner of the niche and boutique Mind Muscle Gym. Steve's story is one of transformation. The stress of running a successful business made him depressed. He ate poorly and drank daily to compensate. However, everything changed when he gave up his old life, retrained and went from 24 stone to 18 stone in 12 months. Before I welcome Steve, I'd like to inform listeners that we will be mentioning fat loss, weight loss and maybe calories. But this will be in relation to Steve's personal story and not prescriptive for anyone else. Steve, welcome to Love This Food Thing podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. And um, it's, a, it's a big day in, in our household because we have a new uh, espresso coffee stove pot maker. Steve has just been the second person to drink from our new coffee maker. Very nice. It's very exciting. Very exciting. So it's early in the morning, beautiful sunshiny morning. Steve's on limited time. So let's just dive in. How would you describe your relationship with food now? Would you describe it as a friend or a foe? Friend, definitely. Okay. And when did that <clears throat> happen? And how um, did that happen? Because it's really something, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I struggled with weight for quite a long time. Um, and it basically became a friend, if you like, to me when I learned how to sort of manage it properly for myself. Okay. Um, so with my training as well, I'm able to sort of adjust my food intake to cater for what my body requires, okay. whether that's eating larger amounts, larger calories, or cutting down when necessary. So it's become more of a tool for me. Um, fuel. Yeah, tool. Food is, oh, but do you also use food as fuel because as fuel, you work yeah, out purely, so much? Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's the number one um, thing I use it for now. Um, obviously, I do have enjoyment as well. Yeah. Um, but I fuel my body necessarily for what, what my training is at that any type, uh, point in time. I've had other personal trainers on here, and one in particular, actually, Jay Brockway, who said exactly the same. Yeah. He was brought up on a junk food diet, yep. wouldn't look at any other food, drove his parents mad, and he. but now he eats very, very well because he's a PT, and but he's not interested really in food, mm -hmm. and he just eats it for fuel. So he says, I can eat broccoli every single day for two yep. months if that's what it takes to get me to where I want to go. Exactly, and I feel the same way. Do you? Um, it's yeah, so I interesting. Eat for function now. Right. Okay. Yeah. Do you ever go out and celebrate with food and have a meal, mm. or uh, not? <laughs> do you ever eat a meal? Do you ever go out and just, I don't know, celebrate and go and have dinner, or are you yeah. always adhering to some kind of workout program? No, I, I allow myself to um, have that enjoyment too. I do like going out for meals. Um, we go out as a family. Yeah. Um, so when we go out to a restaurant, I don't restrict myself right um yeah and it tends to be typically whatever i fancy wherever we are then, okay yeah okay so how were you brought up with food what were the messages you got from your family what were um, you like as a kid we grew up quite poor very poor um right. so it was essentially whatever mum could afford okay um the majority of time it would look very brown on the plate so chicken nugget and chips okay. stuff like that yeah um or just a mixture of stuff that she found in the freezer wow. um so it was poorer quality but we didn't feel we had the option 
growing up. So that's what we was used to. Um, but at the same time, it's what we came to enjoy, I suppose. But okay. Sort of food that was also easy to overconsume, um, not very high in nutrients. Um, yeah. Did you overeat as a kid? Um, I did. I ate a lot. Um, but when I was a child, I was very active in sports. Um, every day I was out. I don't actually remember being at home after school. I was always out either playing football or on right. the bikes. Right. So I ate a lot, but I yeah, did a lot of exercise to sort of okay. burn, that, burn those calories off, if you like. <gasps> the calorie yeah. word. The cal- <laughs> trigger warning, trigger warning. <laughs> so, okay. <clears throat> so when you are... When you are, let's say, 17, 18, 19, are you still playing lots of sport? Um, yes, at that point, um, I left school when I was 15. Um, I was going in and out of college and other jobs. Right. Um, but my main focus was just enjoying myself, playing basketball most of the time. Okay. Um, or riding my bike. Okay. Um, so, yeah, food choices became... Um, <laughs> less ideal um even than what i was used to before so well i had a job so i had my own money um so i basically fed myself because my mum was still at that point was obviously not not making any money yeah um so i'd feed myself and at times it would be very poor packs of donuts stuff like that okay Um, was that because you just weren't interested or that was because what you were used to or um, I suppose a mixture of both. Obviously, palate had become accustomed to yeah. the um, sweeter foods, easier foods. Processed like. foods, yeah, exactly, yeah, hundred percent. So I never went down the route of um, yeah having or even making for myself a proper meal. And were you aware of how those foods made you feel? Did you feel energized and well and fit, or did it not even cross your mind because you were so busy? Yeah, it didn't cross my mind at the time. Um, I was constantly busy, whether I was working or playing sports. It was just not something I ever thought about. Okay, okay. And you didn't have you had people around you in your kind of community, <clears throat> living the same lifestyle. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So why would you question it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Everyone and it's was cheap. Exactly that food's cheap. Yeah. You got no money. Exactly. That's what you're going to buy? Yep. Yeah. Nice, easy and cheap food. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it looks good. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of shades of brown, but it looks great. Indeed. I know my favourite food is still a hula hoop. Yeah. (laughs) Although the small ones, not the big ones. Um, Okay, so... Let's move on a little bit. I'm, when when did you have your company that was stressful? You owned a cleaning company. I did indeed. Um, yeah. So that started, um, basically my mum had been a cleaner her entire life. And, right. Um, I didn't want her to be out cleaning daily anymore. So I started a cleaning company for her. Um, turns out she wasn't the sort of person who wanted to run her own business. Okay. Um, it did become successful quite quickly. I'm sure. Um, so I took it on and continued it, um, and it did become yeah very successful. But that's when everything started going downhill, and I think that's purely initially anyway because I stopped any sort of physical activity outside of work. So I stopped playing basketball. I wasn't going to the gym. wasn't doing anything that made me happy. Because you were so busy, right? I was so busy. Because you were up indeed. early at seven. I was earlier Working, than that. Yeah. Were you? Yeah. What were your hours? Um, usually up at five or six in the morning and quite often, especially over the summer periods, we'd clean student houses so I wouldn't get done till nine or ten at night. So it was a full-on, full-on day. So you were cleaning and doing everything back of house? Indeed. That's exhausting. Indeed, yes. Wow. 
And so then you'd come home and feel very tired and overwhelmed, probably. Yeah, to be honest, at that point, I mean, it was overwhelming the whole time. So by the time I'd got home, it was crashing out. um, Right. Falling asleep in front of the TV, waking up and doing the same thing again. So any food consumed was always out. It was always fast food or stuff you can pick up from the little supermarket shops. Um, Yeah, and it was purely eating, not even for function, and it was eating because I had to. Yeah. When did you start to feel mm, a bit miserable about it all? Um, how many how many months years in? I want to say probably after the first sort of nine months, I started oh. noticing energy was dropping, um, weight was coming on, um, just wasn't feeling good at all. Um, and you'd never had uh, you'd never had had to carry extra weight because no, you were always so no. active. I noticed everything <clears throat> started to become more difficult. Um, okay. So just general doing the actual work I was doing was hard. Um, was dripping with sweat every day, yeah. which I wasn't used to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm struck by the fact that it within it was with nine months. Yeah. And nine months to give birth to a baby, yeah. and nine months to birth a business, and because yeah. it is like a a child, isn't it? Yeah. A business child. Okay. So I mean, to lose six stone in twelve months is really something but also to put that weight on I'm interested that I'm always interested when I talk to people and they have carried extra weight and then lost it I'm always interested why they don't tip into as I did like a an eating disorder behavior like binging and then throwing up purging or suddenly massively restricting their food. And I'm kind of curious as, do you know, looking back, what was going on psychologically for you? Do you know, how did you feel? Or did it, you know that analogy when you put a frog in boiling water, it jumps out, but if you heat it up from Mm -hmm. cold, it stays there. Was it like that for you? Essentially, yeah, it was exactly like that. Um, I mean, I'm a relatively big guy anyway, I'm six foot four. He is. Um, (laughs) So when I felt like I was to myself I felt right I feel like I'm gaining weight people around me would say oh no like you're, you're carrying it well it's a little bit extra but uh, you don't look overweight okay um so then I was like okay everything's fine um and okay. then it just got worse and worse okay and then did you get depressed because you were carrying the extra weight yeah that was um a big part of the reason was um because of the excess weight um because obviously I wasn't doing anything that made me happy i.e., playing sports um, and the work I was doing was not fun, stressful, yeah. um, just not what I wanted to do. So essentially I was doing nothing that made me happy just to make a decent amount of money. I'm always curious as well about what weight weight means. And do you, do you know what the weight meant? Do you, do you think that unconsciously, here's the thing, here's the thing. You could just go, no, don't be so ridiculous, Gemma. As I go down the rabbit hole. The, unconsciously you put the weight on so that you would stop physically stop emotionally and mentally stop and go I can't do this I need to change direction so forget about the food and the uh, or was it about protection or just not being yourself do you see where I'm going I think so I think um for me it got to a point where I would look in the mirror and then look at old pictures of myself. I mean, obviously we've got Facebook now, so I've got pictures from when I was a teenager. Yeah. And saw 
pictures of myself playing basketball right and looked just completely different and when I looked in the mirror after of gaining all the weight it just looked like a different person didn't feel like it was me anymore okay that's quite something isn't it oh yeah 100% and was that something that you shared with anybody no never <sighs> do you think that's because of your personality because you had no one available because you're a guy <laughs> because everyone's going oh don't worry mate you you can carry it um i think my childhood was very difficult um so I always say I've kind of raised myself to a certain extent. Ah. Um, so I never felt like I needed to rely on anyone else. So wouldn't offer any sort of information like that because I didn't think it was necessary. Um, yeah, so anything I've had to go through, I've just dealt with myself. Okay. I don't think you're like that now, though, are you? No, I mean, As I've much. got... No, I've I've got people around me now who... Um, are more loving and supporting, yeah. Um, which obviously helps. Yes. And I'm still set in my ways, but they can always tell. Right, okay, yeah. okay. I can relate to that. I had years of eating disorders and eating disorder behaviours and sort of pretended to myself that everything was fine. Yeah. <laughs> and it just went on for years. Yep. And a part of that was not being able to reach out to people and not being able to connect to people. And I have no needs and I don't need your help. And because mm -hmm. I don't want to feel vulnerable because I don't want to be let down. And it's painful being vulnerable. And I'm just really in, impressed that you've come on the podcast because it is rare for guys to come on. And it's a, it's, it's just different for, for guys to talk about their relationship with food and, and, and their feelings still in 2024. So I just wanted to deposit that before I delve deeper. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to have a take a quick break in a minute. So did you have like a wake up call? Did you have a moment where you went, I can't do this. Enough is enough. Yeah. Can you just describe that before we take a quick break? Um, so it was when my son was born. Um, ah, so okay. yeah, I was 27 years old when my son was born. Right. And soon after that, I realized how much not having energy was going to affect me being able to be a good dad. Okay. Um, and that was like, right, if, if I want to be a good dad, which is what I always wanted, right. then I have to make a change. Amazing. We're going to take a quick break. It's like a cliffhanger. <laughs> Welcome back to Love This Food Thing podcast. I'm here with Steve. And Steve's just spoken about a seminal moment when his son was born and he realised he didn't have the energy to be a good dad. And it seems that that's what you'd always really wanted to be was a dad. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes. And obviously very keen to bring your son up differently from how you've been brought up. Yes. And yeah. to be available. Absolutely. On every level. Yes. Okay. So you go, I want to be different. I want to feel different. How, so what did you do? Um, so it was at that point <clears throat> I decided I went to the extreme and I gave up the cleaning company. Okay. How um, was your mum with all that? Was she like, thank God for that? Um, at the time, I'm not entirely sure how she felt about it, whether she had any feelings towards it. Okay. Um, at this point I had moved over to Folkestone. Okay. Um, so wouldn't see my mum as much. Okay. Um, but I, I yeah, I guess she would have understood okay. one of the reasons okay. why. Right. Um, yeah, so I gave up the cleaning company and decided to kind of flip my life back to how it used to be. Okay. 
and thought it made sense to follow a career as a personal trainer. Had you always wanted that when you were back in, in 1718? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, I, when I was 17, 18, I went to college to do sort of leisure management. It was always going to be something to do with sports that I wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, initially I wanted to be a basketball coach because I wasn't quite good enough to be a player. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was what the aim was initially and then obviously moved into completely wrong direction. So I decided to completely flip it back. Okay. Um, and I thought, yeah, personal training would be um, an ideal situation, ideal career to get into. And so you took yourself to the gym? Um, I took myself to the gym. Mm -hmm. um, I started off doing powerlifting. Um, while doing that, I studied a bit about nutrition. So I actually came across a book by a guy called Chris Aceto. Okay. Um, and the title of the book is Everything You Need to Know About Fat Loss. And it's basically, he's a bodybuilding coach. Okay. Um, so I studied that. Um, right. I put the principles from the book into action and that's how I lost six stone in 12 months. Phenomenal. And I'm struck by your resolve because you could have just sat and done nothing. I know that you have a kind of in your DNA playing sports and being active, but it takes a lot to go to the gym yeah. when you're not the person that you that you was. Yes. <laughs> Great Indeed grammar that you was. Yes. <laughs> and that must have been quite something. What was it like that first day you walked back into the gym? Horrible. Was it? Because <laughs> um, I think a lot, I, the reason I want to talk about this is because I think a lot of people shy away from the gym environment yeah. because they feel so uncomfortable in their body. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it, it was horrible. <clears throat> I, I feel like I knew what I was doing. Um, turns out, I now know I had no clue what I was doing. Right. Um, yeah, and always being sort of conscious about how I looked compared to some of the other people around. Um, I always opted to go, well, the gyms I went to were quieter gyms, if you like. Yeah. Initially, anyway. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a big factor. Um, Did you feel like people were looking at you? Not in the sense of how I looked. I mean, I was always relatively strong, so I've always had attention in gyms from being able to lift heavy. Um, but I, I was always, I don't. I suppose I wasn't worried about people looking at me. I was worried about how I felt. So I had the stomach. So, for example, when I was doing a leg press, it would all scrunch up, and then right. I'm like, oh, okay. or if my t-shirt came up when I was lying on a bench, that was like. Yeah. Put that away. So. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. So those those. And situations, also the mirror, yeah. the mirror in the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's. Yeah. It's it's one of those. It's I suppose at the time looking back, I probably just avoided it. Yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah never liked what I saw. Um, always used to wear big baggy jumpers. Um, mm. Yeah, when possible. Okay. Um, so yeah. I'd just like to say that, from what I can gather, the gym that you now own, which is just gorgeous is very much about offering a space for people who might not go to a gym or who feel uncomfortable I think that's kind of worked into your I don't know like your mission statement or your mission isn't it yeah essentially uh, most of the people I've worked with mm. um, with my personal training and nutrition mm. um, have wanted to achieve the same thing I have um, so I kind of understand when it's a scenario of not wanting to go to the gym mm. because most are busy and crowded. Um, 
and they feel like they're being looked at. Whatever the reason is, being able to have the facility I've got, which is yeah more exclusive, it allows people to come in, um, and yeah, it's it's never busy. Um, I'm usually there, so yeah, people can always come and ask me if they're stuck with something. It's it's what's been called a safe environment for people in that position. Which is really something, isn't it? And I'm going to talk about this a bit more and then go back to, to your own story. It's it, Of course, it's about fat loss um, for you and for other people, but actually it's about how you feel about yourself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And we live in our bodies. Indeed, yeah. And we're disconnected from our bodies and we... We demonise our relationship with food and and our bodies and we make the food or our bodies the problem. Yeah. But actually it's how you feel in here. And physical transformation, particularly when it's extreme, in your case, having gone from one look to another and then back to the original, is really something. So I am kind of leading back to your story. So you're in the gym and you're in your baggy clothes. When did you... How long did it take before you started to feel a bit different? Was it literally that that first day when you walked out and you went, yeah, I'm back, before anything had changed? There was definitely a shift after the first day and I felt great having gone in, done what I needed to do, done what I told myself, told myself I was going to do. Yeah. Coming out, it was a sense of achievement, 100%. Right. And then every day from there was just getting better and better. Like um, you just sort of tip the egg timer upside yeah. down and you were like, here we go. Yeah, I knew what I needed to do. I went and did it. Um, so it took a certain level of discipline. Right. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. And then afterwards it's like, right, that was great. Let's do that again. How did you change your diet and how did you re-educate your palate? Because that's quite something. Indeed it And is. did you have lots of cravings <clears throat> and were um, you tempted to overeat and then get rid of it or anything like that? So, so as I mentioned, I followed the mm-hmm. um, the book I had read, and it Chris was Aceto? Chris Aceto. Chris yeah. Aceto, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he basically broke down how to completely work out what you should be eating as far as protein, fats, and carbs. Yeah. Um, and this is all based on his opinion. Since then, I've learned many other different ways to do it. So yeah. it's not just one thing, but this yeah. is the way I did it. Yeah. Um, so because of him being a bodybuilding coach, it was very much um, focused on that sort of typical diet you would hear about. It was chicken and rice, yeah. it was oats and Egg whey whites. protein. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was relatively bland food. Brown food? Um, bland. Yeah, right. but and also brown. Also brown, yeah. <laughs> but there was a lot of it. Right. Because... Because of the, build, the makeup of the food, mm. um, I was able to eat a lot, um, rather than going for the other options like your typical fast food takeaway mm-hmm. would be small, you'd get it down easy, whereas eating a bodybuilding style meal is can be quite hard. Um, yeah, it's a lot to consume, isn't it? And clearly you're very responsive to structure and yeah, yeah. routine, mm-hmm. and which really goes in your favour, doesn't it? Yes, it definitely did help um, and being able to sort of apply the the discipline of 
you're right, this is what I need to do, regardless of how I feel. It's just what has to be done. Okay, okay. Because um, you knew that it was a stepping stone on, on yeah. the way to where you really wanted to be. Exactly. And you had your son driving you in the background. Exactly. And I had to, if I didn't have that in the background, maybe it wouldn't have been as, I don't want to say easy, but mm-hmm. um, maybe I wouldn't have been able to put myself in that position. No, you need a reason. Yeah. When you transform like that. Yeah. Whatever it is, you need a reason. Absolutely. And then you need to commit to it 100%. Yes. Because you will falter because it's hard work, isn't it? Indeed it is. I'm curious, how did you um, kind of reconcile your palate? Because coming from a highly processed diet, lots of very high sugar and very high salt, did you kind of lose your enjoyment of food for a while? Yes, but I think that was more so because of the food plan I'd written for myself consisted of six meals a day um, of relatively, I don't like to say the word clean food, but whole foods, if you like. So as I mentioned, they're hard to eat a lot of. So when you're eating a lot of them consistently throughout the day, you do get to the point where it's like, I don't want to eat anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that definitely helped. No more chicken. Exactly, yes. (laughs) Boiled chicken. Yes. So yeah, having having to go uh, to do it that way helped a lot because I was putting myself in a position where I just didn't want to eat anymore. Okay. So 12 months, when did you start to really feel differently? Uh, we've done your, you've come out of the gym on the first day. When did you, your energy start to return? When did you just kind of look at yourself and go, oh, right, there I am? Uh, within two weeks, no I was way. excited about going back to the gym. I right. was doing um, a powerlifting style program at the time so I was chasing numbers in the gym which essentially is going in and beating what you did last time right um so there's yeah an element of all that competition that you had from playing sport when you were younger yeah so it was trying to outdo yourself from the week before even if it's just by one rep or one kilo yeah um it's yeah it's it's exciting and then uh yeah when when things started getting a little bit tedious or maybe I just got to a certain point where right, I can't do anymore then mm. switched things up I'm so it's so interesting and you're so clever and resilient and clearly you had the the childhood for it because you said you pretty much brought yourself up how you went off at a tangent and then came back to who you were relatively quickly yeah I would say so I yeah. mean that's fantastic isn't it thank you yeah <laughs> what oh, no amazing because it could have gone on for years yes yeah you could have really spiralled downhill and, and, you know, time passes quickly and then suddenly you're like, oh my God, it's a year, it's a five years, it's a decade. Mm-hmm. It happens to lots of us. Yeah, it does. And I see it a lot. Yeah. That narrative arc is, yep. is really impressive. And then, <clears throat> so when did you start to retrain? And you also said to me, because when you wrote me, some, sent me some information, you said that you went from your successful uh financial situation yep. to barely being able to put food on the table, yep. the food that was six meals a day that you can eat. <laughs> yeah. Um, that must've been quite something as well. Um, yeah. That had its own stresses. Um, yeah. obviously at the time as well, I had, and you uh, had your boy, my son. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it was a situation that also helped spur me on as far as right now I'm fixing this. I also need to fix the financial situation. Okay. Um, yeah. All by yourself. You did all this by yourself. Yeah, yeah. So then you went to retrain as a personal trainer. Yep. At the same time you studied nutrition? Um, so 
when I say studying nutrition initially, it was basically just from that book and other yeah. books I had um, been reading. Um, so during the 12 months of the the, the weight loss I had had, um, I got my level two gym instructor, mm-hmm. um, went to work. Well, straight away I went to work in gyms, but I wasn't qualified to work on the gym floor. So I worked as um, sales manager, at, well, not manager, assistant at one gym. Okay. Um, then even a cleaner because um, right. I didn't like the sales um, right. positions. So yeah. I'd rather do the All cleaning experience, there. yeah. Yeah. Um, I bet it was spotless. <laughs> <laughs> and then once I got the level two qualification, I got a, a job within a local gym. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, so just started working as a gym instructor. Again, it's quite a low income job. Um, soon after that, got my personal training qualification, then started taking on a few clients. Um, and I think after doing that for a few months, I then also got the qualification to do sports massage. Right, right, and right, right. Yeah, I didn't mention that. Yeah, so that's when I got the sports massage qualification. I mean, the gym I was working at for personal training, it wasn't very good. Right. Uh, it was quite a quiet gym. Um, so compared to your busier gyms where you can pick up a lot of clients, it just wasn't that availability. Right, right. Um, yeah, studied the um, sports massage qualification and that's when I started my muscle clinic. Um so interesting. What do, what was I struck by? Was it when you were talking? I was struck by. Oh, it'll come back to me. I always do this. <laughs> um, 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 ah, that's what I was struck by. That thing that all the experts say is if you want to do something, then steep yourself in the environment, surround yeah. yourself with like-minded people, surround yourself with people who are better than you. Absolutely. And you yeah. were right in that world, weren't you? Yes, hundred percent. That's yeah. just so clever. And important. It is very important. Yeah, Yeah, very important. I think we're going to take a quick break. Welcome back to Love This Food Thing podcast. Steve and I were just mulling in the break what we talk about. And we're going to talk about his brilliant boutique gym and why people find it difficult to change habits. Why they find it difficult to look after themselves. Because... We're meant to be active. We're meant to move. And the kind of reasons that, well, I said to Steve, does he attract different versions of himself, similar versions of himself? And he said, yes. And then he started to tell me a story and I went, hold it, hold it. I'm going to press record. So yes, you attract similar versions of yourself. And you started to tell me about a particular client because your, your speciality is making people feel much better about themselves. And that involves them probably losing a significant amount of weight because that's that's your background, right? Yeah, yeah. Part of your background. Yes. You've done yeah. that journey, if you like. Indeed. It's not you, but you've been down that road. You've come back and you're like, hey, this is what I've learned. Yeah. T- okay, I'll stop talking now. Take it from there. What's your t- Tell me about your client. Um, so he was basically in the same position. I was, um, to a certain extent, didn't have the athletic background I had when I was younger, if you like, mm. um, gained a huge amount of weight um, over a long period of time Yeah, um, and got to the position where he wanted to do something about it. Right, um, because he felt... I suppose defeated. Um, right. It's the sense I get right. from him. Right, um, oh. And yeah, so he's he's been through his own change over the 
course of a couple of years has lost a huge amount of weight mm-hmm. um does have some excess skin now as can happen yeah um, he's a few years older than me so as we get older that can happen that's and a real problem isn't it it is a real problem yeah especially when you go from being a significant size should we say to dropping down in a quick time frame right um it can happen but it's it's not um and or it's it's you can do something about it so now he's come to see me having not step in stepped foot in a gym before um and he's to, what he's in his 40s 50s he's uh, yeah he's 40 wow yeah. um so i'm training him now to develop muscle right um so it's it's he's already seen quite significant improvements okay and his he's always been a happy guy but his confidence has gone through the roof because he's seen the changes in his body from just resistance training in the gym um and seeing areas sort of fill up if you like with lean muscle tissue where his excess skin is sort of starting to ease off if you like so he's gone from feeling defeated to feeling like a winner. Yeah, I would say so, 100%. Which must have an incredible effect on the rest of his life. Yeah. And everything that he's faced with. Absolutely, yeah. That's, that's the important bit, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. I think. Yeah. Other than you are looking after your body, which is miraculous. Yep. And you're nourishing yourself. And you're feeling strong because it's, you know, life's challenging. Yeah. You need to fill up for it. Yeah, no, definitely. And he's he even said to me yesterday that um, his partner finds it funny that now he's this person who has to go to the gym because he gets such a kick out of going to the gym. Yeah, and every yeah, time yeah. he comes in to see me, yeah. massive smile on his face. All those endorphins. Yeah, it's it's great for me to see that as well. Okay. So you have a few people with a similar story as, as him. Yeah, yeah. And... Actually, I want to ask you about your, quickly, your daily drinking. Were you yep. drinking pints? No, spirits. So, Were you? But yeah, you may as well have called them pints. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Tom Kerridge. You know Tom Kerridge, the chef? No, no. <laughs> he used to have a pint of Negroni after the end of a, okay. a, 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 a shift in the kitchen and the rest. You know, Negroni's like tiny. He'd drink pints of Negroni. Yeah. I always found that funny. He doesn't do it anymore. Right. Um, and w- were you drinking in the morning? Um, no, uh, sometimes yes, but I wouldn't say it was a regular thing. And it was usually if I was drinking in the morning, it's because you wake up with the hangover and the easiest way to cure a hangover is to carry on drinking. Absolutely. Would yeah. you drink in secret? Sometimes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. D- oh, okay. We're going to just go back. Did you eat in secret? No. Okay. No. Did you feel ashamed of your drinking? Yes. Right. Did you feel ashamed of your eating? Um, not for what other people thought, only myself. Okay. That's awful, isn't it? That feeling of shame. Yeah. Oh, terrible. Yeah. I had that a lot. Do you drink now? No, not at all. Not interested? Nope. Did that stop as soon as you started your new way of life? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You never crave alcohol? Nope, not at all. So I don't drink so much. And every time I do... I like it, like a couple of glasses of wine, and then I really feel it the next day. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. annoying me. Yeah. Yeah, I've got, I, I have a lot of clients in the same situation where they may have been heavier drinkers, mm. and a lot of them don't want to completely stop, but they're in the same situation where if they have a drink go out, 
for the evening and maybe overdo it the next day or the next few days they're yeah. feeling it your heart rates up um, you feel anxious yeah so one of the things we focus on is not cutting it out completely yeah. but bringing it back yeah um, and doing it on days where you know the next day if it is a struggle it's not going to cause issue to work or family or anything like that yeah it's a poison anyway you're putting poison into your system yeah. Yeah. it's just yeah yes i used to binge on everything for a long time but um i'm reformed <laughs> i am reformed um what were you what do i want to talk about as well about getting people into the gym yeah what's your sort of take on men being in the gym why it might be hard for men to go to the gym i know we've touched on it do you think is it a gender thing men and women in the gym i know as a, as a woman to go into a gym that's very male dominant I'm not particularly interested in connecting with every, anybody. I just want to get on and work out. It can be a bit, it can be a bit macho. I've experienced that. I mean, I don't really care, but sometimes I'm just like, please don't come and talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's probably so for, for quite a few women, particularly if you haven't been in that environment. I mean, there's also so many other things you can do for exercise, but we're very much about what it is to yeah. go and lift weights and work out in the gym. What do you think about all that? Um, so <clears throat> I think, yeah, up until maybe very recently, mm. um, gyms would have been seen as male dominated yeah. places, which obviously you'll get the, the bigger guys in there who might intimidate the smaller guys, the, the newbies, if you like, yeah. um, and would have deterred any sort of women from coming to train, yeah. um, in many gyms. Yeah. I think the culture of the fitness industry is changing a lot. So you're mm -hmm. seeing a lot, a lot more women, um, coming into the gym and doing resistance training as well. Yeah. Um, because what I found before is a lot of women were more focused on the cardio yeah. and staying healthy and fit. And now understanding that resistance training is something that's going to make you feel great. Particularly for older women. 100%. Because yeah. I am out, out of the other side of menopause. Yeah. And yeah, essential. It's essential to, to, to train with either your body weight or something a bit heavier to it keep is. you feeling strong and well and stable. Yeah. I think it's about inner harmony, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, with, with that for, for men and women, when we get, um, when we get older, continuing resistance training is essential yeah um continuing with a higher protein diet is essential to maintain your physical abilities yeah um i've seen it a lot with clients especially from the clinic side where they've come to retirement age mm. stopped and aged very quickly because they're not moving um yes and on top of that protein intake might be quite low right um so then issues start occurring whereas if you're in the gym resistance training eating a lot of protein as we all as we get older we need more yeah um yes yeah, it's, it's hugely beneficial i think there's also that that sort of myth as well that you retire and you just stop yeah which is what a lot of people do part um, of our culture isn't it oh yeah. i don't have to go to work so i'm just going to sit around and do nothing yeah and then that might be great for a couple of weeks fab everything gets very hard yeah and you yeah. want to be able to bend down and tie up your shoes when you're 80 exactly. yeah and get out of bed and yep. yeah my mum's 89 and she still plays tennis and badminton awesome 
And she'll phone me and she'll go, oh, I just pulled up all the lino from the kitchen floor. Yeah. <laughs> she had lino on kitchen floor. Yeah. And I'm like, geez, mum, I've just climbed up a ladder. And we're like, get off the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, keep going. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. D- d- don't be limited. Absolutely. Be limitless. Yes. And I think that's also another thing that happens with retirement. You, you, culturally, it's like, okay, so we're going to shut down now. Yep. Well, just look at how we treat our old people. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have a, a mission? I suppose, yeah, my mission would be sort of trying to educate people. It isn't as difficult as it may seem. Mm. Um, A lot of people who have come to me as a client dread it. They dread the idea of having to go on a diet, if you like, having to start working out. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once into it, they see the benefits really quickly and it becomes a new habit new good habit so it becomes a new um way of life if you like yeah um so trying to educate people that yeah initially it might seem that it's going to be hard but it's not it's going to be a hell of a lot easier right after a few weeks just takes a little bit of discipline and consistency and and why do you think it's so i mean we're all pretty I think well-versed and why it's so difficult to change habits, but it is difficult to change habits. Why do you think it's so difficult? And what, what do your clients, what are the habits that they find hardest to change? And what do they say? What, do, what are the reasons that they give you for saying, oh God, I can't do this or I don't want to do this? Or what do you think's going on underneath all of it? I think from what I've seen with my clients, the, the hardest habit to crack is... Um, I want to call it laziness. It's apathy. Yeah, it's it's not wanting to make the effort, knowing they have to, um, and choosing the easier option. Say, as a as a quick example, I don't necessarily tell my clients to prep food, but if they were required to, it's a task that can take half an hour, forty five minutes, mm. and set them up for the week. Mm. But a lot of them would prefer just to spend that half an hour, 45 minutes sitting on the sofa and then struggle for the week. So it's easy now and hard later, or rather than being a little bit hard now and making it easy later, they go for the easier option first. So getting out of the habit of choosing the easy path initially. Yeah. I'm also thinking about exertion. If you haven't expended much energy, when you exert yourself... Mm -hmm. It feels really uncomfortable. It does indeed. We don't want to feel uncomfortable, do no, we? No. We want the the least the path of least resistance. Exactly. And yeah, my my exact point is you want the the easiest yeah. way out. Yeah. But, um, it makes things harder later on. Yeah. Whereas if you do a little bit of hard work now, everything becomes a lot easier. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. And what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about. Do you think, do you think, what do you think about men and their body image? Do you think it's changing? Um, do you think men are still, um, of course they are, but do you think the younger generation of men that you come across, are they still caught up in those old ideals of the muscular physique? Even as I'm saying that, I'm going, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. They really are, aren't they? Yeah, um, yeah no, 100% they are. Um, I think it's it's the way it has been. I think it will continue. Um, 
again with that i think there should be more education for especially younger guys um on how to do things properly because there's a lot of information on social media now that's incorrect um and there's a lot of people choosing the easier way again to mm -hmm. do things mm -hmm. i.e anabolic steroids yeah uh so it's easy now but it, things can get harder later on um and yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very difficult. Yeah. How do you how do you feed your son? Is that easy? I don't um, mean what do you feed, actually literally feed him, but bringing him up to 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 uh, uh, nourish himself and and feel great about himself. He's actually um, pretty good. I mean, with with regards to our meals we have together, yeah, um, he'll eat almost the same as what I'm eating, right? Um, or if, if like Kaylee's cooking yeah. for us. It's it's always going to be along the same lines of what I'm eating. Mine might be slightly different depending on what I'm doing. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's relatively less brown food than what I grew up on. <laughs> <laughs> but we still go out and we enjoy ourselves. So we yeah, still would go course. out to a restaurant and I'll yeah. say to him, you can have whatever you want on the, on the, uh, the menu. Yeah, it's balance, isn't it? Yeah, 80-20. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, he's, he's brilliant with it. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay, we're coming to the end. I just want to know, thinking about if I want to ask you anything else other than, yeah, just thank you for being so easy and accessible to talk to because yeah, it's not easy. I know that. I know that. Okay, I'm going to ask you a final question. Unless you have anything else to say that you're like, oh, I wish I'd said that. I mean, all all your information will be on our show notes. Sure. Yeah. Um, Steve is reachable by email. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or Instagram, it'll all be there. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to just posit? I, I don't no? think so. I think it's all good. Okay. So if you are on an island, any yeah. kind of island, any kind of climate, and you have a store cupboard, olive oil, seasoning, etc., what five favourite foods would you take? And you don't have to, like, you know, make them really good. <laughs> so we're talking As in seeming brilliant. You can take whatever you want to and you can change your mind tomorrow. Five foods. Favourite foods. Five favourite foods. Yeah. As in cheeseburger. Okay. Um, <laughs> funnily enough, chicken and rice. Okay. Um, Quite a lot of foods there. Go on. Cheeseburger, chicken, right. and, chicken and then rice. Yeah. Coca Pops. <laughs> Did you grow up on Coca Pops? Um, no, but it was a sort of staple for my post-workout meals. Was it? Coca Pops. Whey protein and Coca Pops. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. And one more. Um, hmm. Donuts. Donuts. <laughs> I always say to people, you can come to my island and have crisps. I've got very salty, salty taste buds. Thank you so much for coming on Love This oh, Week Thing Podcast, Steve. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you'd like to learn more about the mission we're on today and who we help, simply head to lovethisfoodthing.com to see all the details.